Welcome back to another edition of Robin's Ramblings. I am Robin Brady and today we are talking about bodies and body positivity and being comfortable in your own skin. And so I have gathered together two fierce, beautiful, strong, independent, outspoken women who I know feel very passionately about this topic. Kate DeForno is joining me who has been, as long as I have known her, an advocate for body positivity and body acceptance and taking what you've got and giving it all to the world and not worrying about what anybody else thinks. I've also got Angela Speller, who is a photographer and a boudoir photographer at that and doing a lot of work in promoting women of all sizes, shapes, ages, anything, that if you have a body, you are beautiful in it. And I think that is a fantastic message to give. So ladies, welcome to the podcast. Thank you for having us. <laughs> Hi. Hi. <laughs> so we're here. We've got our wine. We've got our couch. We are cozy and comfy and ready to dig into this topic. This has been something that I have struggled with my entire life, with being comfortable is who I am but it's not just a woman issue it's it's a it's women it's men it's kids which seems absolutely horrific and it's not a weight issue it's a being comfortable in your body and what your body can do as well as what your body looks like the first time that I was ever aware of how my body looked to other people I was probably 12 and had a girl sitting beside me in band tell me that I was fat. And I was not by any stretch of the imagination overweight when I was 12, but to her, my legs spread out further when I sat down on the chair and that automatically meant that I was fat and automatically meant that I was not good enough. And from that point on, I have struggled with how I've looked, how I've presented myself and whether I'm good enough as a person because of how much I weigh. This is something that spans generations. It's not limited to gender. It's not limited to socioeconomic anything. And I want to get your opinions on how this kind of thing starts, where it begins that we start being worried about what we look like to other people. I know for me, this is Kate speaking. For me, it was when I was about seven or eight years old. I was a gymnast at about... Eight, I think I was accepted into the accelerated program and went a couple of days a week and really wanted to be good at what I did and I was not the thinnest and there was Gooch that made people stand on scales. Thankfully like our intro to competitive gymnastics mm -hmm. group didn't have to stand on the scale but I watched multiple friends of mine standing on the scale to make sure that they were thin enough. All of a sudden I realized that I, I wasn't good enough. I wasn't the smallest girl there. I certainly wasn't the strongest girl. I was flexible and that got me through gymnastics and that's kind of what got me to the place where I was at in the competitive program. Um, but it was scary and it was scary to realize like at seven or eight years old that your body is something to be lorded over. Your body is something that um, people are going to see your weight on a scale and tell you you need to drop five pounds at 12 that really isn't a culture that I'm interested in raising my daughter in. I have a six-year-old and this has become really, really important to me, understanding how we have these conversations with our kids. I don't think, I like to think that competitive gymnastics is not quite as merciless um, at the early ages these days, but you never know. It really all depends on the gym and the coaches mm -hmm. and who's there. 
but that's where I learned it. Yeah. Yeah, it definitely starts young, uh, for sure. I remember just being in, like, under grade three and being bullied for being a thick child. I was, th- I was thicker and short. And now <laughs> I'm very tall, but um, yeah, it starts young. Like I, they would say I have thunder thighs and then mm-hmm. I grew up and I was like 10 around and then we were getting ready for this um, ski trip, uh, school trip, right? And the principal had to get the weights of all the kids because that determines type of skis apparently. Hmm. Oh, okay. I'm not sure, yeah. but she looks at me and I'm wearing overalls and um, she's like, so what's your weight? Like, like around 300? What? what? I was 10. And I will, Shut up. I will never wear overalls again. And that just sticks with you, you know? Like, like first off, there's no way <laughs> that a child is 300 pounds. Mm-hmm. Like, that's just insulting. Mm-hmm. On yeah. every level, that's insulting. It starts young, yeah. And then just little things here and there. Like, being bullied, yeah. Even for being a little thicker than the rest of the girls. Oh, or, God. Yeah. Yeah. And um, mine was partially school, too. I was the odd kid out. Um, I was geeky and I liked to read and I was a bit awkward and I was a bit heavier. And when I say a bit heavier, not even remotely heavy, like mm-hmm. that's hard to yeah. describe a kid as heavy, but according to the other kids I was, mm-hmm. right? Because I wasn't as thin as some of the other girls in the class and that meant you were one of the fat ones. Mm-hmm. You know, school kids are mean a lot of the time to each other. I mean, you've got wonderful kids who are kind and loving and non-judgmental, but you've always got that group of kids who feel that it makes them better somehow and that picking on someone makes you feel like you're tougher or whatever. But then you get into, you know, um, I remember my very first boyfriend in grade eight and broke up with me because I wouldn't let him kiss me. And then uh, I was crying to one of my friends that, you know, so-and-so had dumped me and my heart was broken. And she's like, well, he probably just doesn't like fat girls. <gasps> okay. Nice okay. friend. <laughs> and, that's, and that's where it is that, you know, there are some kids who don't, I don't know why they don't, or maybe they do think that it's hurtful to say that kind of thing. The tall kid gets picked on for being tall. The short kid gets picked on for being... The kid who happens to be in a wheelchair will get picked Mm -hmm. on for not being able to do the things the other kids can do. I don't understand. The the kid who liked the color green instead of purple. Oh yeah, that was me too. Kids are mean, and I think that a lot of this starts in schools. And so some of it comes from curriculum that's in school too, right? Mm -hmm. Like if we've got appropriate curriculum for our kids that they're learning at an early age that all bodies are beautiful and this is... This is how we this is how we view the world these days, then maybe we can make a difference there. But I think like I, I listen to what my child comes back to from school and stuff like that and you, you can you can hear it in her words that there's still that like playground clickiness going mm-hmm. on and you know, so and so wasn't included and we just don't wanna play with them and yeah. then we have to sit down and have these conversations and remind our kids about the right things to do. But kids are kids and some of this categorization is incredibly natural at that age right like if you aren't one thing then you're another and if you're not that thing then you're one other thing Um, and they want to be able to put things in boxes and be able to say that that's my tall friend that's my fat friend that's my that's my skinny friend that's my mean friend (laughs) well you know whatever it is right so teaching children how to navigate this is you know such a big piece of how to change it, I think. Yeah, And that's sort of what builds the internal dialogue that we have for the rest of our lives, or at least until we're somehow able to break out of it, that, 
you know, oh, I'm this, I'm that. I was told that I shouldn't wear shorts because my knees are ugly and I have not worn shorts. I'm 46 years old and I will not wear shorts because I have ugly knees. Mm. I shouldn't be wearing tank tops. Free the legs, Robin. <laughs> Free the legs. And it's, it's, it's taken me the majority of my adult life so far to be able to say, I'm going to wear a tank top. I don't really care if my arms are flabby because I'm hot and I don't want to wear a shirt that mm. has sleeves on it. And to not be constantly worried when I'm going out, oh, they're going to see flabs of fat on my arms and they're going to judge me because I'm fat. Or cutting off the tag on the back of my shirt because I don't want, I want anyone to, to flip it over mm. and you have it sticking out and somebody like, oh, that's how big she is? Oh, boy. How do we change the dialogue in our heads? How do we stop ourselves from feeling that way about our own bodies? I have some tips and tricks around Excellent. This. Me too. <laughs> so... I feel incredibly passionately about the power of affirmations. Mm -hmm. So somebody told me at about 25 that, you know, if you look at yourself in the mirror and you tell yourself you're beautiful, you will eventually become that. You will see that in yourself. So this was about the age when I started falling down the rabbit hole for me for body positivity was around the age of 25. I've never been, I've never been thin. I've always been a bit thicker. Um, in high school, I was about a great a size 10, and these days I wear about a size 16. So as um, a size 10, I thought I was the fattest thing on the planet. So all of a sudden, here I am in my mid-20s, and I'm a size 12, let's say. And I was still feeling fat. And I was like, how do I get out of this? And I think it was my aunt who told me, you need to stick these affirmations on your on your mirrors and you need to say them out loud to yourself. Mm. And so I started doing that. And it and feels I, weird at first. Oh, it feels so fucking yeah. weird. At first. <laughs> oh my gosh. normal. Like, I love myself, I'm beautiful. What? <laughs> or, okay. I look smoking in this outfit this morning, yeah. right? Like, <laughs> any of that, right? Whatever you're feeling and you, like, see in yourself and you want to get out there, that those positive affirmations really do mean something. Mm -hmm. And so I started doing them, and they were awkward. Mm -hmm. But the power of them is that after about a year, I looked in the mirror and I didn't even need the affirmations. I mm -hmm. felt it. And um, I think that that's one piece of it. One piece of it is you kind of learn how to trick yourself out of it. Mm. Um, and it sounds almost silly, but like believing in yourself and understanding that you have the power and the ability to do whatever the crap you want to do is all intrinsic. And mm -hmm. so you've got to feed that to yourself what that what that is. The other part of it, what I started doing is I started to intentionally look for media that reflected me. Yes. So I at about, so I'm 30, 30, 39 now. So that was about 15 years ago that I kind of started down this path. I was a size 12. I thought I was huge when I started down this path. And then I started digging into the whole like um, plus size modeling world and seeing all these women who um, were incredibly beautiful. And so I would go out and deliberately look for their images and feed my like mood boards and all that sort of stuff with like cutouts of these really incredibly beautiful body positive women who are out there doing um, plus size modeling. The further along we got, we started to see this whole world reopening. And here you got Ashley Graham as mm -hmm. size 16 on the cover of the, the Sports Illustrated. Yeah, the Sports Illustrated. Yeah. She just looked incredible. Oh, and God, yeah. yeah. And all of a sudden, the world, it was almost like that moment was a tipping point. 
And all of a sudden the world decided it wanted to see more plus size women. And Mm -hmm. I think part of it was just people like myself demanding it, um, buying magazines that had it. It doesn't exist anymore. But when I first started down this rabbit hole, there was a, there was a plus size magazine that I could get my hands on. I think it was called more or something like that. And I would buy it because I'm just like, screw this. I want to see how women my size dress mm-hmm. themselves. Yeah. And and to think, too, that at a size 12, I felt inadequate. Well, and right. even in magazines and stuff, you're seeing, you know, someone who may be identified as a size 12, but it's still been photoshopped and has, Absolutely. you know, oh, yeah. like the thigh gap put in and her arms stretched out and her waist cinched in and, and all this extra her stuff. cellulite no right? longer mm-hmm. showing. It's like you may, Those, be, you may be wearing yeah. size 12 clothes, but you are not a size 12 in this picture. No. Angela, I want to talk about the boudoir. Yeah, of course. Because there are some, I'm not saying it's me, but Lord knows by any means, who would say that taking pictures of women who are naked is not promoting positivity. Fight that. Let's start with half the time they're not even naked. (laughs) Sometimes they'll even have a a loose sweater on, you know? Like, it's not about showing off your skin. It's about the experience of being comfortable in the skin that you do have. It's about having fun and loving yourself for who you are as you are in the moment. Say I'm coming to you to do a photography session and I'm worried about, you know, the flabby arms, the flabby stomach, the legs that just don't look like I want them to look, the double, triple chins. (laughs) So are you gonna Photoshop this? Are you gonna position me so that all that stuff is tucked in? We can hide it with shadows and highlights and highlight your favorite features, but like, I'm not going to Photoshop you from whatever size you are to like a size two. I'm not going to completely change you. You're beautiful the way you are. I understand we have insecurities, right? Like I have insecurities about my arms and my thighs and maybe it's not going to be pressed against my body, right? Maybe I'll just relax more. Um, So yeah, the the poses and the the angle of lighting and all that um, has a big play into how you see yourself. It's about seeing yourself in a whole new light. (laughs) And because you have in your your marketing that you are actively looking for any woman to take part in these sessions that it doesn't matter how old you are or young mm-hmm. you well obviously how young you are yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> let's just draw a line there but um you know any size it doesn't matter you don't have to be a size four swimsuit model nope. type look to to do these kinds for the of pictures. everyday woman yeah <laughs> from the the single working at McDonald's and to the single mom to like the, the grandma or like the mother whose kids have moved out already and mm. just the everyday woman. What's the response that you get from women when they leave your studio or while they're still in your studio and experiencing <laughs> what this is like? A the... lot of women go into the studio very, very nervous, mm-hmm. right? Usually this is the first experience they've had for boudoir shoot or first professional photos taken ever oh, yeah and um i like to reassure them that it is normal to be nervous this is not something you do all the time right um but like i will guide them from head to toe in their poses i will like help them relax we'll put on music like i have a empowering women playlist oh nice <laughs> We can have a, um, a glass of champagne, a mimosa, if you want, if you drink. Um, like if that's something that'll help you like calm your nerves. Um, you have hair and makeup done, so you don't mm. have to worry about doing that yourself, yes. right? And it's all in the studio. So it's just like, you get there, you get relaxed. We will put your favorite outfit on first. 
you know, something that you're most comfortable in. And then as soon as we start getting into the actual shoot, right? Like you give a little rundown of like, I'm gonna pose you, you're gonna be doing great. Like it's all my job, right? To pose you, to make you look good. After the first few clicks, people like relax right away. They're like, oh, that's it? <laughs> yeah. I'm like, yeah, that's it. You did great. You want to go to the next post? Okay, sure. <laughs> and then you realize how easy it actually is. Nice. Um, and there's no pressure. It's a judgment-free zone. And then you get into like perfect pose and it's so pretty. and Love it. <laughs> I think that in along the lines of photography and getting rid of the negativity that comes sort of from the world is the social media aspect of it. Mm. And that regardless of, again, man, woman, whether it's a weight issue, whether it's an ability issue, that there is this depths of hell terror of social media where you can get sucked in and all you're seeing is people judging other people. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so on Twitter about, oh God, it must have been about a year ago. And a friend of mine had posted a thing about basically staying out of other people's business that... Right. How you look is your business and no one has the right to tell you any different. And I know I have had a number of people in my life who, regardless of the weight that I'm at, feel that they need to remind me that I am overweight and that it's a danger to my health and that I should be taking better care of myself. So it's sort of a sore point with me that, you know, no, you don't get to be the one to tell me I'm fat. You don't think I know that I'm fat because I live with this day. body, right? I am aware of every inch of me and how many inches there are. And so I commented that, yeah, absolutely, that, you know, if there is a health issue, that's between me and my doctor and it has nothing to do with you. And if there's not a health issue, also not up to you. Mm -hmm. So I commented that to my friend's post. And this dude, out of nowhere, I don't even know who he is, he's not someone I've ever met, he's not someone who follows me, commented, fine then, bitch, eat yourself to death. Whoa. And I was Whoa. like, oh, you need to back up just a little bit okay. there, stranger man, yeah. to have any judgment on me or anyone. And he went on this tirade about how obesity is killing us all and anyone who wants to be fat deserves to die and all oh this garbage and i was like and this this right here is what our young girls are growing up into and seeing this kind of attitude from people i think we need to do a better job of raising our boys and i think media even to some extent is doing a better job of raising our helping us raise our boys yeah. because there are so many different body types that are in like uh, national media campaigns and international media campaigns. Like I look, for example, um, at Aerie that really did a big push around body positivity, women of all sizes, women of all abilities, women of all ages and their ads. And I think that people seeing at a really young age that this is just how people look, that mm -hmm. this is what a human body looks like and that is okay, is an important part of it. Because mm -hmm. unfortunately, I think that there is a generation ahead of our kids and really our generation who grew up with the Kate Moss, right? Like right. Kate Moss was the image of supermodels and what we aspired to be. Right. And I don't think that that size to oh. people are seeing is normal. Mm -hmm. I think people are starting to see normal is whatever is in front of you, right? Yeah. Like, and that is okay. And I think as parents, we have to thoughtfully curate what our children are seeing, mm -hmm. right? So I know for me, I meticulously and painfully curate both my Instagram and my, and my Facebook because I don't want 
to be around negative energy. Mm -hmm. I don't want to be around that asshole who said that shit to you, Robin. (laughs) I don't want to hear it. I don't want to see it. So I follow things and I, I mute people if they're family and I don't want to, you know, Mm -hmm. I don't want to fight or whatever so that I don't have to listen to their crap right like so if my kid's looking over my shoulder yeah um, they're not catching on to it they're not catching on to it but what they're seeing is what i want to see reflected back in society Mm. too and i should also mention that this has nothing to do with being overweight necessarily that there are just as many women who struggle with being really slender and really Mm. thin Mm. and can't put on weight to save their life and 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 being told that they look like boys because they don't have the curves and body shaming comes in all different shapes and sizes absolutely one of speaking of the shaming one of the things that seems to have become fairly prominent in the last four or five months is the covid weight because we a lot of us have been sitting around as kate rubs her belly (laughs) (laughs) and because a lot of us have put on some extra pounds because we're leading a more sedentary life i've put on 25 pounds (laughs) since march 13th when we went home and aren't you happy because you had that donut we're thrilled right i enjoyed that donut i had the other day yeah (laughs) right the mockery of it that I see online, yeah. that people are like, oh, I've got to take off my COVID weight. Oh, yeah. the worst. Mm-hmm. Like the worst thing that you can possibly do yeah, is have fact. put on pounds during a pandemic. Your worth is not determined by your weight. No. 100%. 100%. Absolutely. There's this YouTube group that our kids and I really like watching, and they did a video of different types of people during the pandemic, and one of them was the fat guy because all he did was sit around eating chips and pizza Mm. while he was working from home everyone's laughing and it's such a big joke because someone put on weight and i wish that there was a way that we could get these you know influencers the the people who are putting this stuff into the world to realize that you know that that's like hurtful to someone right that being the fat kid should not be the butt of your jokes And I wish that there was a way that we could sort of weed that out. And, you know, we see it. We know that it's hurtful. You know, that kid's too skinny. That kid's too fat. Oh, look at that woman. She should not be wearing that dress because that is not suited for her body. And that needs to stop. So there's also this whole phenomenon of fat phobia. And Angela, tell me, you've looked into this a lot. There's this pie chart. (laughs) The majority of the pie chart is I hate fat people. And then a sliver it is literal fear of fat people. That's not what fat phobia is. That's not what we're talking about. What it actually is, is a thousand different things that go into fat phobia. Things like online harassment, only dating thin people, small seat sizes, diet culture, mm-hmm. fat body suits slash costumes, COVID weight yes. gain jokes, flattering versus slimming outfits, uh-huh. stuff like that. Like all these little comments lead into fat phobia. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's a joke that being fat is somehow being bad. Shows like The Biggest Loser. Oh, yes. Yes. I've hated that show since the moment it came on. Because the worst thing these people could possibly be was fat. Right. The only way you win is by being the thinnest. Yeah. You lose if you can't lose enough weight. Mm -hmm. That doesn't help anybody, Mm -hmm. ever. It is okay to lose weight if you want to. If you want to lose weight, lose it because you love yourself, not because you want to change yourself. Yeah, Yeah. and doing it to be healthy is great. Mm -hmm. And doing it because you want to be stronger is great. And in moderation. Yeah. Like, don't overdo it and hurt yourself. Yeah. Even if you're like me and you're saying, hey, I put on a... 25 pounds during COVID and I want to lose it because my fa- my pants are getting too tight and I don't <laughs> want to okay. buy, yeah. buy a whole new wardrobe. 
that's okay. Mm -hmm. It's okay to want to like, um, love yourself, but also go, yeah, you know what? I could, I could lose 10 pounds. Absolutely. Because I love myself and I deserve that. Yeah. And if that'll make me feel a little better, get the jeans better, breathe a little better, Mm -hmm. that's okay. One of the many diets that I have been on was like one of those businesses that, that helps you to lose weight okay. and lost a ton of weight. I think I lost like 60 pounds on that diet. And one of the guys at work, cause we were, I was on a morning show with the host and another co-host and myself. And this, one of the guys at the station came up to me and said, must be nice to be the pretty girl for a change. Eh? <gasps> wow. Oh shit. And it's that kind of idea that because I was bigger, I was the ugly one. Or I was the smart one because I wasn't mm. the pretty one. And that the, we all have to fit into these little boxes all the time. I remember in university, a friend told me, I'll never forget it, that, oh, I'd be the full package if I just lost 20 pounds. Mm. That I was so funny and so smart and so this and so that. It's that whole idea. You've got such a pretty face. Right. right? Yeah. You've got such um, a good personality. You've got such a great personality. Um, As if that's the only good thing about right. us. Mm-hmm. Like, what? No. Yeah, I have a lot more to offer, but thanks. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I remember in high school, uh, a friend overheard the boys talking outside the boys' locker room. They're like, she'd probably be the most attractive girl in school if she wasn't so tall. Mm. And I'm like, cool, cool. Thanks. Yeah. It's nice. Height's the one thing I can change about myself. Right, right exactly. Chop <laughs> myself off the uh, knees. Yeah. <laughs> Just to make you happier. Right. Even if it's not a fat weight, we have another friend of ours who is a cyclist and is one of the most active people I know, but is very self-conscious about her thighs because they are pure muscle. Mm. Yeah. And she hates wearing like little skirts or anything that shows her legs. It's not a fat thing. It's even if it was, so what? But that, you know, learning to see herself as being proud of her legs because oh they are God. strong and they are what carry her. Exactly. And that, they, you know, these, they may be big, but they're big because they can do so many things. Mm-hmm. That's how I choose to look at my thighs, too. I'm like, they have carried me through the best of times and the worst of times. Right. They've gotten me through it all, right? So. And that's how I want to look at my body, mm-hmm. you know, whatever size it is, you are the vessel that is getting me through life. And... I'm not here to be pretty for you. I'm not here to be hot for you. I'm not here to fit into your box. I'm here to live the best life that I possibly can and give the best of me to my family and to my friends. And that this is just a vessel getting us through. And you have to love it and appreciate it and be glad that you have it. One of the things I tell myself too in all of this is... Other people's opinions of me just don't matter. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The only opinions of me that matter are the people close enough in my life that I could really desperately hurt them. I think like my parents and my, my husband and my sister and my brother, right? Like those are the opinions that matter. Mm-hmm. And like you were saying, Robin, a little earlier, like don't want somebody to tell you you can't wear a tank top in the summertime because mm-hmm. you're hot. I wear the least amount of clothing that I think I could possibly get away with in the summertime because I hate being hot. Mm-hmm. So I, I'm not small and I'll, I wear shorts that are like a three inch inseam and I wear the tank top and I just go out and I, I sort of tell myself if somebody has a problem with it, if somebody else has a problem with it, that's not mine to know. Right. That I'm just going to live in myself and know that I am loved and know that I am accepted and by the friends that matter to me, that the friends that I'm going to keep in my life feel the same way about me too. Mm-hmm. 
everybody else can suck it. <laughs> <laughs> I want to remind those uh, haters out there that it is a pandemic. Our mental health might not be fantastic right now, mm-hmm. so we might be eating a little extra, you right? know? If like, I'm getting comfort from a tub of ice cream, then I'm getting comfort from that yeah, tub of ice cream. Yeah, because there's kind of a lot of stuff going on in the world right now that this tub of ice cream might make my day, you know? Yeah, and that's what matters. Week. Yeah, right? seriously. Absolutely. I've had some really good ice cream lately, and <laughs> let me tell you, that's made me very happy. <laughs> no doubt. No doubt. I had one of those pink donuts from Tim Hortons the other day. Mm. It's got like a mountain of frosting on the top. <laughs> I specifically asked what was in the middle, and the minute they said buttercream, I said done. <laughs> I want that. Up and, and take my money. <laughs> and, and I and I tell myself as somebody who feels really passionately too about being kind to yourself. Mm-hmm. We got a lot going on right now. Right. Yeah. There's so much on people's plates. Your balance as a working parent, you're balancing like trying to keep your kids busy during this awful summer where they had nothing to do right. and not go insane while you're trying to work from home. Um, then you've got like the single person who just doesn't have, um, is stuck in their apartment and isn't really going anywhere yeah. and it's starting to get to them. And then you have the elderly who are really kind of infirmed and not able to get out and do anything. Right. So if all of those people are finding comfort in a cookie right now, <laughs> I'm glad you're finding comfort. Right. It's about living your best life and not worrying about the one thing. Your body is just one thing, one part of you. Totally. And you just got to live your best life. There's so many better parts of you, like your smile, your brains, your heart. Yes. So how do we try to translate the message of being accepting of yourself and loving of yourself and accepting of other people as they come to our kids if there are times when we don't necessarily believe it about ourselves. I have gone on more diets than I have count. I have joined gyms in hopes of getting rid of the extra weight, the yo-yo back and forth, Mm -hmm. and trying not to tell my kids that I'm on a diet. Yes. Because I don't want them thinking that if I'm not happy with how I look, then that's because there's something wrong with me. And not allowing them to get to the point where they think that there might be something wrong with them. How do you stop the cycle? I unfortunately think a little bit of this is you fake it till you make it, right? Mm-hmm. Like it's, yeah. you have to, you have to try to tell yourself back to those affirmations in the morning, tell yourself that you are worthy, then you are loved. And in turn, give that to your children. Mm-hmm. Cause I know it's so much easier to give that to our children than it is to give it to ourselves. Mm-hmm. Um, it's so easy to tell them that they are perfect in every way and that everything about them is wonderful. Um, than it is to be able to tell that to yourself. But I think the more you tell that to yourself, the easier it becomes to live it in your life. And then your kids live that too. I mean, I look at my cocky little six-year-old who (laughs) thinks she's the most beautiful little thing in the world. And she is beautiful. And I tell her every day she's beautiful. And I tell her she's smart. And I tell her she's worthy. And I tell her she's allowed to come to me when she makes a mistake because I'm here for her and I will always support her and Mm. I will never judge her. And I think that the more that you feed those positive messages to kids in all ways Mm -hmm. that in turn makes them the kind of person who when they grow up goes no everybody is worthy Mm -hmm. we we're looking at people's souls we're looking at people's hearts we're looking at what truly matters in life and i think you do that by showing your kids that that's how you feel in your heart yeah and i know it's so hard to sometimes give it to yourself but we are also good at giving it to others right we're always so much more hard on ourselves. Yes. A friend's dad, when I was in university and really struggling with these sorts of things, said to me once, and it's really stuck with me, we are our own worst critic. Mm-hmm. Always. Yeah. Right? 
stop. <laughs> Nobody is judging you as badly as you are judging yourself, Kate. Take a step back. Yeah. Take a breath. Reorient yourself and keep moving forward. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, ladies, this has been a lot of fun. Yay. I feel much better about myself already. <laughs> yeah, good. <laughs> Go us. I hope that everyone is able to find what is beautiful in themselves and worthy in themselves and strong and are able to use that to their best advantage. Thank you guys so much for being part of this podcast. I appreciate all of your thoughts and your love and your care for yourselves and for everyone else. And thank you so much for listening. As always, I appreciate the time and we'll talk again soon.